Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Komen, once again sitting in Snake and Jake's Christmas Club Lounge with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. Yeah, we're sitting here at the Christmas Lounge. We're back in here, and so are the fucking bugs, man. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, uh, it is. It is summertime here. Yeah. It's the 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 yeah. uh, the, and, uh, the cusp of summertime. And, so. Know, and we're one level above an outhouse, basically. <laughs> well, in this place. <laughs> well, you know. uh, it's kind of re- returning to the scene of the crime. We were last here a few weeks ago. We had our 200th episode party in the back patio there. Right. Yes. It was a, a triumphant night. Uh, it was right in between French Quarter Fest and Jazz Fest. And as I suspected, even though a lot of musicians had uh, the night off, not many of them showed up at our thing. <laughs> well, yeah. But we did have enough, uh, enough uh, attendees, enough guests. It was, it was kind of artist heavy, as I recall. You know, yeah, a lot of yeah, artists and uh, writers showed up that night. Yeah. So we, we had them on. Yeah, most, most those people who are just clinging on to some kind of fame. And, uh, <laughs> so they, you know, they came to be on the show, you know, uh, the 200th episode, which uh, was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. So my wife tells me. Yeah. Um, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it went on for a long time. It was kind it, of a boozy episode by the end. Yeah, uh, it was. And uh, I remember, I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but I remember parts. Of, I remember uh, uh, a lot of our guests, and they were all fun. And it was a good night, but there was also, uh, 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 it ended up being scary for you. Oh, yeah, well, yes, it was. Because so, and, and besides the guests, we had a couple of, uh, of listeners uh, 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 jumped on the line with us there. And, and right, so, yeah, and, like uh, I think my good friend Roberto Rothman. Right, right, right. Yeah, yes, the, and, and, uh, and uh, Suzanne Charbonnet uh, jumped on there right, and, and spoke and to her a bit. And yeah, and they were they're just listeners, but was glad to, it was good to get some feedback from our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're yeah. troubled just like we all it's, are, just like our, all our guests are. And it was good to get some feedback. Like I said, I have to go back and listen to what they said. Um, but it seemed like it was an exciting night. Right. Uh, there was lots of dip. Oh, yeah. Night. There was lots of dip. Yeah, we had, we had as much dip as we had uh, yeah. ruffles. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, that, was, that was a big hit with the, with the guests. And, right. Uh, yeah, you can't go bad, wrong with dip. Right. Some listeners might wonder what was scary. Okay, oh, well, yeah. we're, well getting, we're, getting get getting, getting, we're getting we're getting to that, Mister. Getting to the scary part. Um, yeah, it was scary. It wasn't. I mean, it was scary because we thought that we had lost everything. Right, right. Well, so at the end of the night, uh, uh, you know, there it was. A, it was an extra long episode, and and I had more equipment than I usually have ever brought because I had, okay. you know, uh, borrowed microphones. I had four sets of microphones, four headphones, all the stuff, an extra amplifier. So. Uh, and it went extra long, and at the end, uh, a, 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 an associate showed up from out of town, someone who is uh, often surrounded by chaos. Okay. I, I can't totally uh, point the finger at him, but uh, it, it, he wasn't uninvolved in this episode. So, so he shows up, and uh, so everybody else is clearing out. I'm left there by myself, of course. I'm wrapping up cords and putting stuff away. I'm starting to move stuff to the car. And uh, now, Rich, as a uh, as a as a musician, I know you've experienced the same thing because I know an event that in your life I could actually go back to. And we will when okay. uh, later on. Okay. But uh, so in the course of moving all this extra stuff to the car, 
I think that all of it is in the car. Oh. And uh, and then so, you know, we wrap up, we leave. I, I get up the next morning. I'm going to my car to unload stuff. Hmm. <laughs> Where's all the uh, podcast gear? <laughs> Where's the recorder with the with the episode that we recorded last night? Uh, where the where's all the microphones, the the cables? It's not there. Oh, geez. Maybe they didn't make it out of the club. Uh, Back over to the club. Dave lets us in, searching everywhere. No, not here. And then I get a text from him <laughs> saying, Manny, did you bring home any wires? <laughs> wires? Just, I don't know what that means. Well, but, uh, you know, I just, mean, I kind of know what it means. Right. But, uh, uh, well, if you had, you would have you would have said yes. That's how I figured I didn't well, need to I, I go into I, any yeah, detail. I went to my car and I looked and there was no wires. Right, right, right. Ooh, this sounds like just a hopeless a lot of case. Syringes I don't see car. how there's a happy Just a few syringes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it. it was a crazy night. So only sure. syringes in your car, no, no gear out in the street, no gear in the bar. No. So, so and we're 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 now chasing down the the closing bartender. Did you see anything? Did you lot bring anything home? No, no, no. Goes on and on. Uh, it's uh, I'm to the point of like uh, uh, making a sign saying uh, you know reward offered for return of. And didn't you make a stuff. police report? I I I, I started going to, to pawn shops to to oh check Lord. out the people at the pawn shop said uh, uh, file a police report. You know, <laughs> just turn in the serial numbers. So I'm doing all that. I'm starting to, uh, you know, I, I, I put a, make these posters, put them up in the club, uh, put them up, uh, you know, outside of the club. Dave is talking to people, you know, Dave Clements, uh, our, our host here, he's, he's leaning on one of his uh, 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 frequent kind of neighborhood guys who comes and hangs around. Right. Did you know anything about it? Goes, no, I didn't know anything about it anyway. Uh, uh I go. It ruined. This is ruining my jazz fest. This happens the day before jazz fest starts. Uh, so the entire jazz fest, while I'm not physically actually playing a song, this is on my mind. It's like you know a a, a, a mourning process I'm going through. I can't believe I I did all this stuff, lined all this up, had all these guests, recorded the thing. <laughs> I feel so stressed right now. I hate this. Recorded the whole thing. It all came off. And then it's gone, never to never to be found. In my defense, uh, we have recorded 200 of these, uh, 100 of them in person, where I the equipment never got lost. Okay. So, okay. So I, I can't blame the methods. I can't blame okay. our practices. I have to just blame you know these un, unusual circumstances, uh. the length of it, and so. So I go through the whole jazz fest. I'm starting to collect new equipment, uh, ordering things. How, how many? You had a bunch of shows that weekend, right? I mean, oh yeah, I had a, a ton of, you know, like played three times at the festival itself. Played with four different bands, uh, you know, every night. Night shows. Night shows. And yeah, you're just yeah, assuming it's all a lost cause. It's all. It's it's all gone. Although. You know, I, I, every time the, the phone rings where it's not a number, I recognize <laughs> I have a little twinge of hope. <laughs> so, Little did he know that I was pulling Mexican April Fools. Well, you know, that, <laughs> it, it crossed my mind, Manny, but, uh, you know, I, for, for, for several reasons I had ruled that out, that no, man, not, not even Manny gone, would, man. would, would be this cruel. Um, so so uh, we go through the whole <laughs> jazz fest, uh, we even had planned on recording a makeup 200th episode where we just go and talk about <laughs> talk the, about the how nights that we had, and, <laughs> and then tell this story. 
uh, I, I play the last Sunday of Jazz Fest with John Mooney early in the day, um, hang out the rest of the day at, at uh, Jazz Fest, go home, kind of a reasonable hour. It's sitting there watching the the uh, the series finale of Ozark with my family. Okay. Um, about 9.45 at like night. You like that show? Yeah, I love I that gave, show. I gave it Dark. a chance and I couldn't get into it. Really? We watched every episode uh, well, of every watched, season. Yeah, how yeah. many seasons has there been? It's like five, I oh, think. Really? I, started, I watched the first six for the first season uh-huh. and we were bored with it. Really? Yeah, you know, I was kind of like... Oh, yeah, no, we, we really don't. You know, it. because what's that guy's name? Uh, Jason Bateman? No, no, not oh. Jason Bateman. The, the Latino actor who was in... Uh, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know his name. He was in NYPD Blue. He was in uh, La Bamba. Okay. Yeah. Um, he doesn't like me. I forget his name. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't like me because I stole his girlfriend back in L.A. Oh, okay. Oh. All right, well, turnabout's fair play. British tart. All right. You know, they're both Latino guys, and she went with the Mexican. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> Forget his name, though. Right, right. right. Well, it does, it's not important. Yeah, anyway, I really yeah. like that show. <laughs> anyway, so we were watching that show. Phone rings. Dave Clements. Huh, Dave Clements. Why would Dave Clements be, <laughs> be calling me on a Sunday night? Uh, pick it up. Hey, Renee. Uh, turns out, uh, what happened was the, the, the night in question of the, of the episode stuff didn't make it all the way into the car. The stuff I thought Leo had put in the trunk actually had not quite made it in the, into the car was sitting behind the car. I drove away shortly after that. Somebody from the neighborhood comes driving by, sees this, uh, bag full of stuff, stops and looks in it. The, the guy with him, who's Dave's friend, says, oh, that must be from somebody from the club. Let's bring it in. Now, here's the weird thing. <laughs> the guy uh, who's not Dave's friend says, no, let me take it, and we'll just hold on to it and see what happens. Uh, now, so that was, uh, you know, again, uh, the, the, the sign said, you know, reward offered for return, no questions asked. So that's one of the questions I'm not going to ask is <laughs> why did you take the stuff? Because I'm just going to count my blessings. So, uh, uh, so there, there was a, some, some money spread around. It wasn't a, a, and uh, we got all the stuff back. Thanks. We got uh, the, the, everything was there, uh, including the, 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 the card with the recording on it, the recorder. Oh. So, uh, uh. so the but before we got it back, we were we were preparing to do this this episode and thinking, well, you know, let's review the possible suspects. You know, could this have been <laughs> like uh, the work of a rival podcast, perhaps, <laughs> you know, or or uh, some disgruntled former guest, you know, who was uh, extracting their their it could have just exacting been Jude Acers. Re- that guy's just nuts. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. you wouldn't. Jude doesn't seem like a he, he's 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 uh, eccentric, but he doesn't seem larcenous you know so anyway we had a long list of people to point the fingers at but uh, in fact it was just uh, uh you know a, a mishap and uh and ultimately people did the right thing and returned it to dave and uh you know dave was was instrumental and now we had to go back to the handyman guy and and lay a little bit of dough on him <laughs> just as restitution <laughs> for having pointed the finger at exactly. him I, I felt bad you know but uh you know we just just hoping we didn't say it was him i didn't know it was him obviously I, it was not but uh you know you're just trying to figure it out now such a stressful story now i i know that that rich you had 
had a, a an a, an event where you you had a uh, like a five thousand uh, uh, dollar Les Paul TV special guitar that your son had borrowed and uh, and in the move back to the to the the house you thought that it had been left out on the street and it was gone and you thought it was gone for like a month or something (laughs) and then turned out that somebody again had moved it inside and put it like in a closet some weird spot crazy see this it's and and look i i I know another time the iguanas were were up in new york and somebody helped us move into a cab Uh, rod hodges lost his guitar that mm. night never to be seen again well your your story combines two of my biggest anxieties which is one is failing to capture audio Uh like that's like (laughs) i I do a lot of podcast work in a variety of settings and that's like the whole time i'm having the conversations i'm just panicking right and i'm screwing something up technically so there's that aspect and then there's the as a musician the fear of having all your gear either get lost or stolen in transit so it's just the perfect storm of (laughs) of anxieties i'm so glad it worked out man Uh, don't you think it's easier for a guitar player to lose his gear than like a drummer well, yeah, but yeah. it's harder to steal a drummer's gear. Well, that's it. That's what I'm saying. It's harder to steal a drummer's kit. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a more drummer, likely, yeah. Because a drummer's always the last guy to wrap up and stuff like yeah. that. And he usually has a groupie help him move stuff and things right. like and that. Right, and you do hear about, though, all... Um, I feel like so many New Orleans bands, you hear that story of their gear getting taken out of the van on the road one night. Well, you know? what happened to the band that plays Jazz Fest, the brass band? They got all their gear Did stolen. They get a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, who was that? Mm, uh, one I, the, I can't someone remember. gave one him the, a check. Yeah, they I think the city it. kicked in and uh, they had some check. fundraisers and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that that was good. They they. Uh, uh, bra- I don't know what. There's so many brass bands. Sure, sure, yeah, sure, I sure. I do a thing that I always. It's the wrong thing, but I come home late from a show and I'm too lazy to un take the gear out of my car <laughs> so i just back the car as far into my driveway as i can and like put the door up against a well that's cool yeah you, you know, know driveway at least but yeah. it's not correct well no but i've heard stories <laughs> and we've had stories here where uh our, some of our guests has left their stuff in their car and the next morning it's gone mm-hmm. you know it is gone no and stuff. it's not a good policy. the only time i remember ever happened to me was i mean i'm not a musician but i fronted a band for a while and we were in San Francisco playing some shows, and our guitar player, uh, our bass player didn't even have a bass. So our guitar player lend, let him use the bass, his bass. So we're wrapping up, we're staying at some house, you know, somebody's house in the Mission District. I don't know where it was. And I hooked up with this fucking model, man. She was hot. And I had taken the bass. I said, I'll help out, I'll take the bass. And I brought it up to her place. And like five hours later, there's a knock on the door, and it's our guitar player, my guitar player. He's like, have you seen my... And he looks just like the fucking wind had just blown out of his whole sails. I mean, he looked like he just got punched. It's probably his entire net worth, isn't that one? Yeah. He'd been up looking for it all night long. Five hours looking for this bass, going back to the van, going to the club, Uh, going to the apartments that we were all staying uh, at. I mean, he looked like that guy who gets shot in a cannonball with slow motion. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, I'm having a great time with this fucking fine red. You know, there's a knockout. It's like, I'll get it. And, you know, I go to answer the door. He goes, Manny. Goes, hey, man, what's going on? He goes, have you seen my bass? Oh, yeah, it's right here. Uh, see, it's back to that thing of people helping you, man. You know, you, you, you stray away from your, your normal protocol. Right, right, man, it's, right. Uh, Yeah, yeah, bad things can happen. And it's like, oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> yes, that's that's how I felt. Anyway, so we rescued the episode. We put it out. It's a big <laughs> hit. We have it there, and uh, and and then we had our our two hundred first episode. And now we're on to our two hundred second episode. Back in Snake and Jake's Christmas Club nice. Lounge. Yeah. So maybe we should uh, introduce our sure, guest. Sure. Yeah, here. he's been talking. Yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. Get yeah. Him going here. So uh, our guest, uh, I've known him for a long time. Our our, our kids went to school together, grew up together. He's a Emmy award-winning writer, musician, actor who's uh, known for best known for his uh, Disney TV series, uh, The Imagination Movers. He's also a uh, uh, former editor at Gambit Weekly and and former president of the New Orleans Press Club, something I didn't realize here. Uh, he's uh, currently uh, the editor at uh, bizneworleans.com and uh, as well as a uh, uh, co-host of the Biz Talks podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, man. Something I didn't even realize when I invited you on the show here. I started doing some research on you, even though I've known you forever. It's like, Jesus, so you guys just celebrated your 100th episode of yeah, the Biz Talks. We, we uh, absolutely did. I know. When I, I was laughing when y'all were doing your 200th. Uh, so that means you're a couple years, I guess, ahead I of was us. laughing, too, when we did our 200th. <laughs> Yeah, you can't believe it. We were trying to get uh, like a, a splashy guest for episode 100, but uh, it just... Uh, but Manny wasn't available. That's <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Who did you get? I think I think episode 100 was actually me interviewing my friend um, Carmelo Torillo, who does the um, the gelato booth with his wife Katrina out at um, at Jazz Fest. Yes. Uh, okay. Now, now I was noticing. Do do you and your co-host take turns? Uh, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you guys aren't actually on at the same time. Mm-mm, we do every other week. So I, I yeah. So you don't have the back and forth banter like Manny and I. Have. No, it's not nearly this, as charming uh, as you yeah. guys. <laughs> and she's not troubled at all. She's just a nice person. Okay. Well. Uh, I think I qualify. Sure. I need. Absolutely. I need to take a quick. At some point, you guys have to give me the the test so I can see whether or not I'm a troubled man. Well, I mean, uh, well, that's, that's really, uh, you know, in, in, in your own eyes. That's, that's, that's for you to make that determination. Uh, when's the last time you changed your underwear? <laughs> oh, it's within the last two hours. Oh, okay. Oh, well, that, 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 immediately may, very, that may be very yeah, troubling. Yeah. I don't know, two hours. What, what happened in the last two hours? Holy How many holy. pairs do you own? Yeah. Well, that's the question if you're changing every two hours. Well, okay. I, pr- I truly I probably own six <laughs> wow, that, that that's, seems that's low. the extent of it. It is low. It's low, low, man. No, I own about eight, I think. Eight pairs of It might own. be yeah. eight. Yeah. I, I own about eight. I own six just like boxer brief cotton boring ones and one pair that has a, a pizza uh, fabric. It's like little pictures of pizza. Okay, I really that's it. That's all I have. <laughs> that's a lot of detail. <laughs> anyway, well, I have so about three pairs that don't have the no fly ones. There's no yeah. fly. Do you recommend? Um, so no sounds like comfort. Zone. For comfort, okay. yes. <laughs> For comfort, yes, I do recommend. But, but for emergencies, for no. peeing, no. no. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's peeing. that that you can't. That's not a reliable way to use it anyway. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but so we got sidetracked before I finished yeah, the sorry, introduction sorry, here. Sorry. So, uh, I, I, I oh, yeah, what's your say, name again? So wait, wait. That, uh, <laughs> so again, he's uh, he's had the uh, the Imagination Movers band for many years. He's, twenty uh, years. Uh, twenty years. Uh, put out a dozen records with that group, and he's uh, just he's uh, about to release his third solo record. Uh, just played. 
Jazz Fest as a solo artist mm. for the first time mm. here. Wow. Without further ado, the great Mr. Rich Collins. Welcome, Rich. Woo! Thank <laughs> you, guys. Right. I also Thanks hear that you hate me. children, too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, after this well, that's much just, I'm, I'm immediately <laughs> speechless. Sorry. No, I, lo- uh, I, I love my children. Put it that way. <laughs> well, you have, what, like 10 kids? I have to, it's, a, it's divisible. I have five total. It seems like 10, though. Wow. <laughs> it feels like 10, yeah. Five. Actually, three of mine are either in college or beyond, so it's kind of quiet in... It's kind of quiet around the house, yeah. just with the oh, four what of us. What do you think about that? Well, kind of lonely. Wish they'd come back. It's a little. It's funny that just the four of us and the dog and the cat seems seems quiet and lonely, but it does. So everyone's about to descend because summer's okay. coming. As you know, they're all about to return right. home. So that's going to be messy and more work, but a lot of fun. Yes, yes, yes. It's a, it's a it's a real madhouse over there. You got well, a lot of energy. All the dishes and all the laundry and all the uh, and, and all the cups on the counter. You know, people put the cup in the ice maker and then leave it right there in the counter. All that kind of stuff. I'll get yeah. pissed off about, but yeah, I can't uh, wait. I, I, I can't know wait. Anyone can enjoy that. I really don't know anyone can enjoy that at all. I only have one kid. Right, right. Just the one, and she's she's a slob. They are, they're <laughs> all slobs. Yeah, they're all. Are you are your kids slobs? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to cast any aspersions, you know. Look at that. <laughs> trying to stay on the good side, everybody's nice. good side. <laughs> I just find that young people in general, even if they're going to be in the future tidy people, there's something about being a teenager you're just not. Yeah. Just yeah. Not, yeah. Well, you know, it's as long as you're under someone else's roof, you don't have to take responsibility, <laughs> you know. I, I think, actually, Daniel, when he was in his own apartment, I think he, he kept it pretty neat. I, I think they... so. Uh, I think that's right. When, yeah. when he was living uh, out of the house during during college, he had two sides of the house. Uh, you know, one side with he and se- a few friends, and then the other side with their whole rest of their friend group. <laughs> and somehow the other house became the other side of the house became the party house. Oh, so, so it uh, worked out well. That for works them. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Rich. Yes, sir. Um, you're not from New Orleans. Tell us, uh, uh, tell us where you're from and uh, how you got down here. I grew up in Washington, D.C. Okay. I attended the Catholic University of America in Northeast Washington, and I met my wife, Becky, who's from New Orleans. I met her in college, and I drove her home in uh, the spring of 1991. I, I volunteered to be the person that, that helped her get back here with all of her boxes and her cat and all the other stuff and uh spent a weekend here uh that first weekend i played at an open mic at the original hallam wolf out in metairie oh wow okay. met a bunch of people that that are my friends to this day and uh within a month i i had moved here <laughs> that was it that was nice, it nice so uh, uh uh fell in love with a new orleans girl and i fell and i and fell that's in love you can never leave and that's that's more or less it fell in yeah. love with a new orleans girl and became a, a new orleanian you know and i think uh, it's been 31 or something years, and I think by virtue of having those, the kids that are all from here, it's sort of like they're my anchor babies. Now I'm officially a New Orleanian, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. You know? So you grew up playing music? You were playing music in D.C.? I absolutely was. So uh, as uh, I started playing music in fourth grade when the Catholic, you know, the Catholic school, they bring you the... Um, you have to choose an instrument, and I started playing clarinet. Okay. Interestingly, when I was a little kid like that, I, I was um, that was my first instrument, and uh, I remember watching Pete Fountain on PBS with my parents, like at some special one night, and that was probably one of the first times the whole idea of New Orleans kind of got into my head. Hmm. 
Um, uh, but then around seventh grade, I, I wised up and I switched to the drums and the uh, guitar and yeah. basically just, uh, and a Tascam four track recorder, a cassette recorder. Remember the Tascam? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was like right around like eighth grade. I just kind of took it a big left turn into rock music tools. Oh, okay. So you already had a, had a, a four track recorder in eighth grade and you were starting to, to uh, do stuff there. It, it might've been like ninth grade, but that fourth mm-hmm. track, that, that Tascam recorder was literally, I, I remember like. You know, like opening the catalog, dreaming of it, asking for it, saving for it. That, that, that it's it's just even saying it sounds magical to me right now. Right. Just the whole that that device was just magic to me. And so so how many of these Catholic kids were forced to play the skin flute? Jeez. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I probably one hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right. All right. Well, well, you know those 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 Tascam four four track machines like learning to, to to work on on a machine like that where you're very limited mm-hmm. you have to plan ahead i mean that was great training for recording especially now when when everybody who starts in this era has unlimited number of tracks oh, right right they they don't have to have any any planning any forethought about it you know it's and you know really that so you were recording i mean i was using the same thing not at not in eighth grade but uh you know so if, cool. that's the same kind of uh process that everybody was going through you know the the beatles you know yeah, and, you had four then you had to like you, as soon as you went past four you, you, the, the degradation of the sound was kicking in and, and yeah 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 so so that's that was that was that's a, a great tool to uh uh-huh. to, to get your feet wet so i wish i'd saved it so you played that you you, you uh were you playing in bands in high school yeah so so my you know i've I've always been interested in writing songs. In fact, okay, the song that you know because you've played with me, the song Rain, mm-hmm. those changes, that one to two to five, one, two, four, that, that, that was the exact core changes of the very first song I ever wrote, like in whatever, seventh grade, okay. a terrible, terrible song. You're still minding that, that uh, original material. Well, right, I mean, <laughs> it, that, that thing, that those changes had... Had, that was one of the first things I learned to do on a guitar where you play an E chord, an, o, an open E, and then you move up two frets, and then it still sounds cool. Right, right, right. With the top right. two With strings the ringing. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I learned that way back when, and it's funny because then, what, 25 years later, it popped back in my head on a... On a I remember writing that on a tour bus with Movers one night. There but you go. But yeah, so the songwriting was always really interesting to me, but by far the instrument that that I was best at when I was a young guy was, was the drums. Like I was sort of a precocious young drummer. Mm. So when I was like literally like 16, I was playing in these bands with like guys twice my age at big shows, you, you know, around DC. And Is and your whole family musical? Like your parents? or Nobody plays instruments. No, that's it. I don't have, we didn't have a piano in the house growing up or anything like that. That was really me. I mean, my mom was a, is a creative person. She was an, uh, voiceover actress and, and and trained actress, so maybe it came from there a little bit. But no, I, it was just me. And my parents were super supportive. I had a your mom's Joan Collins. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, no, because I, I dig her. I, I've always liked. <laughs> She's her. a wonderful woman. Yeah. Both both Joan Collins and my actual mom. <laughs> but um, no, just a lot of support. You know, drum set in the living room for ten years. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's that's pretty supportive. <laughs> right there in the you know split level. Uh, you know, suburban Maryland house drum set, but um, yeah. So a lot of drums, uh, and, I, and growing up in DC, you know, go go music. Sure, sure. sure. Yeah. That was that was hugely exciting for me as a young guy, and um, I remember, I remember taking a date to a go go concert 
at like a at a high school gym somewhere one night in DC. The date went terribly, but the concert was incredible. You know, because who I was, was that huge go go band from? I saw them. There was in EU. The, yeah, and they had the butt. Uh, Chuck Brown. Chuck Brown, obviously the iconic Be- guy. Because I remember this is so crazy. I was in DC and I saw this amazing go-go band, <laughs> and then two weeks later I was in London, England, and I saw them again. Oh, nice! <laughs> and random. they remembered me. They go. So this must have been the late '80s or something. Yeah, very late. Yeah, because that's right. like that's when go-go was having its moment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was late '80s because um, I had gone to work on a film in, in Europe. Yeah, and we yeah. stopped in D.C. and saw Trouble, Trouble Funk. Trouble Funk, Trouble, Trouble, Trouble Funk, Funk. Yes, yeah, yes, Trouble yes. Funk. That was it. That was kind of they were definitely at the vanguard for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were the ones. Yeah, but EU was the one that ended up with the hit though, with the, right the butt. Yeah, I still ha- I think I still have one of their records somewhere. Every once in a while, someone one of the DJs on OZ plays the butt like in the afternoon, and I, every time I hear it, I crank it up because it sounds <laughs> awesome. I yeah. love that song. <laughs> everything about that song to me is great. The drums, everything, it's awesome. Cool. It's, but anyway, so yeah, I had a lot of drums growing up. So then uh, when you moved down to New Orleans, did you think, uh, I'm going to come jump in the New Orleans music scene? Did I ever, yeah. And, uh, and what, was your, what was your experience there? It was uh, uh, a tepid failure. How so? <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I came here in uh, early 90s and 100% just, you know, I got a job like I was working in the freezer cooler at Sam's. Uh, oh wow! Stocking the, the out in the New Orleans East, I remember uh, like putting like uh, like the bags of frozen meatballs or whatever into the freezer cooler when George Porter Jr. opened the door with his then wife to like pick something out or whatever, and I was like you know waving. But um, <laughs> so I I just had jobs like that, a lot uh-huh. of jobs like that, and then I was playing. I played shows at on like Muddy Waters. Mm. Remember Muddy Waters on sure. on, on um, Oak, and then. Um, like a bunch of different spots around town, uh, but just to no to no good effect. Uh, and I, I, I probably way too soon. I um, went and got a straight job. I started working at the newspaper, you know, because that was my training. Okay, so so in in college, you had had a journalism background there. And- I did English and communications. So, okay, I mean, sort of. Sort of journal. So somebody who actually uh, put a communications degree to, to good use. And, <laughs> that's exactly. And so when I when I first knew you, that's what you were doing. You were and, and in fact, yeah. a lot of people like Jeff Treffinger and, and all those yeah. people knew you as a journalist. Yeah, I remember writing about Jeff at, when they opened the Mermaid yeah. at Gambit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, oh yeah, I know Rich Collins. Uh, yeah, the writer. We're like, well, yeah, I guess he was a writer, but uh, he's also a musician. Like, oh, really? Like, those guys didn't know you played or anything. It's confusing, you know? right? Because you get like a you get a certain label or designation, and it, right? Did yeah. you know Keith O'Brien at the Times Mm-mm. Picayune? Mm-mm. Were you at the oh, Times wait, Picayune? No, no, I was at I was at Gambit. Oh, you're. I do remember the name. Yeah, the byline. Yeah, yeah. Keith Chris O'Brien. Rose. When I moved here, when Chris was like doing all of his like like his early early like really really good stuff right he was from that that writer side of my life mm-hmm. he was like the rock star to me i couldn't i couldn't believe how well renee great. loves chris rose well uh, yeah. chris is not it's not just me right rich i mean no but when he was on the show renee was gushing over him. oh well, yeah well, i mean you groupie, know I, I you know manny is overselling I, I well would, you i remember you said the very next week that you were gushing over chris rose I'm well there was sure things, did, he yeah. he wrote a story um it was like the beginning of irony. Like, I, like everything's irony now for the last thirty years. It's so much irony. You, you, you can't. You don't need any more irony. But like that was to see like someone with an ironic viewpoint in the early '90s in the Daily Paper was so exciting to me. And I remember he. The, there's two things I remember. One is he wrote a story where he wandered around with the, um, in New Orleans East 
New Orleans East with these snake wranglers. There was guys that were hunting snakes. There was some, I don't know remember why, mm -hmm. but he spent like a day or two with them and he wrote this incredibly great piece of journalism about that. And then the, <laughs> when he made the fake uh, real world, real world uh, crew, you remember that? Uh, vaguely. Yeah. I, 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 I wasn't living here in the They 90s, put this so whole, like, because like, uh, that was when real world New Orleans yeah. was here. Uh -huh. And he, he did like a, he had like eight of his friends. They all dressed up kind of like hip real worldy <laughs> outfits. And he had a bandana and like a fake microphone, all this stuff. And they wandered around during Mardi Gras. Oh, they to, went around and got into places. They and just, they just got they attention were, and got right, and, right, and confused right. people about who they were. It was funny as hell. And, they, yeah. and, he, and he documented the whole thing. Anyway, so that stuff was amazing to me from from that side of my uh, from that side of my uh, creative brain. You know, right, right. But so so during this time, you're 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 starting to have kids. Uh, your kids are growing up. Um, uh, we meet. I think you're. Your oldest daughter and, and my daughter were in uh, nursery school together. I yeah. think that was the first time you and I actually met. Nur not even kindergarten, but nursery school? Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in that, uh, was it Gates of Prayer or something? Uh, Temple Sinai? Temple Sinai. On uh, St. Charles, on yeah. On St. Charles, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. And, right, right. That's cute. I forgot this. She, Eva was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, nice. Yep, yep. So we, <laughs> we go way back, Rich. Yeah. That's uh, way back. Uh, yeah. I remember having to do, Becky and I somehow ended up... Having to chair some live auction at Temple Sinai, it was like it was a really stressful like job, one like months of volunteer work, you know, to to, to pull this event off. Right, Whew. right. Stuff you do when you're a young parent. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And you, and you don't have five kids yet. Right, you know, right, right. Two or three at that point. Well, so so as your kids are growing up, um, you you have a whole group of friends mm -hmm, and. Mm -hmm. T tell us about the, the, the beginnings of the Imagination Movers. Did that kind of start in y'all's backyard, like at somebody's birthday party or something? More or less. Yeah. So, so picture a 30-ish year old guy that has a wonderful life, a wonderful wife, two beautiful kids, but is super frustrated because his creative dream is not coming together you know uh, i had this the, the gambit job was an excellent job yeah. so much fun i love everyone i worked for and with but there was a part of me the music part of me was just going crazy you know and by just sheer magic lightning bolt i was at a birthday party for my son's my, my friend's uh like son who was turning two and we were just the, the it was like three or four guys hanging around drinking beer and sick, talking about like the content you see for kids, and um, it, you know, just and we the, the the conversation turned to how fun would it be if someone made a show or a band or a show that combined like Beastie Boys fun energy with Mister Rogers, like that old school like Cap Captain Kangaroo Mister Rogers vibe. Right. That was the that was a hundred percent the conversation over a beer or two on a Sunday afternoon in, in City Park, or whatever. And but by some miracle. We like within a not even a week went by. We got together at someone's house. We all lived right close to each other. We got together and had another beer to kind of brainstorm this idea. Mm -hmm. And within probably not even two weeks, I had we had another meeting where I uh, we had written where I pulled out my acoustic guitar and we wrote what became the theme song to our international Emmy award-winning television <laughs> show. Like we, I, GCD, you know, 145. Right. Um, just the first thing that came to my mind. And we wrote like three or four other songs. We, 
the, the, the whole idea for the show and, the, and some of the original intellectual property all happened really, really fast. Like, yeah, so you had an idea. You're like, wow, I can see all this happening. It, I mean, I can see this out stretching out in front of me. It did. Now, Scott, my partner, uh, our partner, Scott Durbin, is a, is, is a really visionary guy. He was sort of the... the the one who said, "Hey, why don't we?" Uh, and he he had friends at uh, WIES uh, that were that's how it originally began as a conversation that we'd do with some local content or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, and then uh, Scott, Dave, uh, everyone has certain skill sets that we've brought to this to this dynamic that 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 really from that first meeting kind of proved how effective we can be when the when the four of us get together and just. All right, so what's, stuff. what's the first movers gig? What's your first gig? Is oh, it it's very well, birthday party, or is it? So there's two answers. The first gig was in, in my back room at our house, uh, right by Tag Gormley Stadium in City Park. That's where we recorded all the that first album and everything. Uh-huh. Um, the first gig, the first time we ever like sang songs together, anything like that, was for my daughter's um, birthday party. My daughter okay. Abby, but that was that was just like literally like ten people sitting there watching us it was hilarious i still remember how we, when we came walking out of the back room and i'd hit play on the on the little now are you wearing those jumpsuits and everything i think we had jumpsuits i think yeah. we did we'd gone to brown's uniforms down by um the superdome and so bought... what's the first gig gig so, the, so yeah right after that the actual first first gig was the crew of muses float viewing party at mardi gras world on the west bank in like something like 2003 or something like that. Okay. And that, that was, that was a absolute, uh, watershed moment because it was, it was, I'm sure it was the dumbest thing ever. Cause I literally took my little tiny like desktop studio monitors mm-hmm. and played, you know, the, the, the tracks that I made for the five songs that I'd recorded at that point. And we, you know, we had, I don't know what we sang through. I don't know if we'd had any proper, mo- but we just played through my desktop monitors in that, you know, big Mardi Gras world space and did some simple dances and, and sang our songs, you know? But I remember, I remember ta- getting on the phone with one of the guys afterwards saying like that, you know, this, that, that little beta test, you know, I, I could see that this could this could work. You know what I mean. So the crew of muses <laughs> is like an all female crew. Yeah, right? it was like it was so, like their family day float viewing okay, party. So yeah, flo- okay. It so was, they had a bunch of kids there. It was like yeah. their it was their un- show everyone the new, the new floats for the year. It was probably early on in muses too. So was, the kids were responding to it. You saw it, that that they were they were going nuts. It was it was like a hit. Yeah, it was a hit. We had our toothbrush song and it was like right out the gate. We're like, holy <laughs> shit, this, this is a hit. You know, I mean, I remember sitting there in that gravel parking lot afterwards talking to someone like, wow, you know that that that. that didn't that didn't go too bad, you know? Right. Well, so just to flash forward real quick, and yeah. for, the, for for those of the troubled nation that aren't familiar with uh, right. with with the imagination movers, but which is possible if you don't don't have kids, you know, or unlikely you know, but possible, right? Uh, well, you know, not everybody has kids, <laughs> but uh, so you guys wound up being a internationally televised mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and and touring act. Talk about that song. Yeah, you know? I can so, summarize it in a paragraph. So so <laughs> jump ahead. That led to us. Uh, Signing a deal with with um, Disney Television and um, a division of Disney Records to produce what eventually became seventy five episodes of a television series that was broadcast in more than fifty countries, more than twenty languages, and it's on the air all o- all you over. You know twenty languages? <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's a lot of dubbing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work for you. <laughs> uh, but uh, and uh, right, so it's been on the air since two thousand and eight. It's currently on Disney Plus, the streaming service in many uh. countries, including ours. And uh, right, we in our in our big moment, we won. 
we were nominated for a couple of Emmys. We won one of them, and uh, you know have you know performed live on Good Morning America and at the White House twice. And we've we've gotten to, we basically it's been our passport to the world. You know we've been, it's gone all over the whole world for this thing for the and this is our twentieth anniversary this year. We're playing a show in New Orleans in a couple of days to celebrate, and you know we have shows booked all around the country for the rest of the year. So it's it's been a crazy crazy turn of events. Nice man, <laughs> nice that is crazy. Man, you you like, a, I thought you were going to say something, man. We both. You look like you. What kind of host are you? <laughs> but uh, well, I was going to say. Well, no, I was actually going to say, uh, and then the drugs kicked in and it all went downhill. <laughs> yeah, you right? were trying to see how how yeah. mean of a joke you could yeah. make. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to formulate it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, no, I mean, there's we've had there's been some drama, no drug drama. But we've had we've had uh, a lot of fist fights backstage. <laughs> no, no fist fights. Oh, okay. Thank God. Fortunately, the, the those guys wife swapping. Of course. Okay, sure. I mean, not among the movers or anything. Oh, okay. But um, just in general. All right, sure, sure. No, those guys Watch are your school. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> well, this is I think on. I asked our the other guest who was a mover. I forget his name. Uh, we Kyle? had uh, Kyle Melanson, yeah. yeah. the drummer yeah. from the Imagination yeah. Movers. I mean, I, you're the original drummer right. uh, in the Imagination Movers, but uh, for years you've been kind of fronting the band, playing right. more guitar and well, singing. So yeah. for so, any Genesis nerds, he's the Chester Thompson of Imagination Movers. Okay, well there you go. Uh, so when okay. Phil Collins when Phil Collins plays, he has Chester Thompson back there to play. Oh, the okay, when when, uh, okay. when Phil Collins goes out for yes. I got gotcha. you. Okay, all right. he's alive, Phil Collins. Uh, yeah, he's hanging in. He's oh, got okay. back problems. Okay, well who doesn't? Yeah, yeah I know. So does I, Manny. I, I, yeah, I no, I asked. I asked him when he was on the show, but it was during the pandemic. I Kyle. said, you know, uh, of course you're going to have uh, a different type of groupie. So you have like moms, right? Because the, the moms are bringing the kids to see you. And, so, and I asked him the same question. I said, did any, any mom ever like, you know, uh, hit you up? I will say this. We have the type of fans that will find this podcast. Oh, okay. So <laughs> sure. I'm going to be careful how I answer any question about that. There you go. But but so we, you know, we, I will say that here, so obviously we are, we all started movers as married men with kids in our early 30s. So uh, I remember, there, uh, here's a good way to sum it up. We had a, one of our big early tours. We had some big tours, right, with two tour buses and 18 wheeler. You were opening for Ozzy, I remember that. Of course, first all that, all that, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Seemed like an odd pairing. Yeah, but people yeah. seemed to eat it up. It weirdly yeah, worked. Yeah, they dug yeah. it, yeah. Um, they d there is actually a video I just saw this week of someone who did a mashup of um, Imagination Movers. My favorite snack with a Slipknot song. Oh, <laughs> I can show it to you. It's, it's pretty upsetting, actually. <laughs> pretty upsetting. Yeah, they've got like it cuts between like one of our happy like primary color videos and just these like horrible demon masks. And <laughs> but um, no, but here's it. so one of our early bus drivers. His name was Zeus, and he had just finished a, a Snoop Dogg tour before he got us, and he told us we were the most boring band he ever ever drove. <laughs> like it was his it was his most boring worst job ever. And he and he and I can't say I can't give the examples to you, but the examples he told of what his life was like traveling with Snoop was different than ours. Because yeah, we you know we you know we play our shows at one and four in the afternoon, go have a nice dinner, and then get on the bus, drink two beers, watch a movie, and laugh, and then fall asleep. Yeah, we, we you know, our rock star life was a little toned down. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I, he was used to Barney, I guess. Yeah, right. right. Barney was a partier, man. That's what I've heard. I've yeah, heard. How do you think he got purple, man? Now, yeah. now, no joke. There, so there's other bands from our era 
that I have heard stories about, like you know, like showing up, like guys that couldn't couldn't make their gig or whatever because of a wild night out the night before. No, we 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 are we were always responsible grown ups that would show up for our shows. We did have one show I remember. We the, the the we played at Good Morning America to celebrate the launch of the TV series, and, and Disney put us up like at the Gramercy, right right beneath, Shit. fully hungover. Just and I, I yeah. vowed never, never. It was horrible. It was horrible. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> these kids, these kids, gotta have a splitting please, headache. Yeah. Please, please, please shut up. Please don't let me throw up Stop on this child. Stop the screaming. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Goddamn um, kids, get off my lawn. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but no, so. Right, to answer your question, no. Yes, we're, you guys we're born. kept it together, right. Yes. Well, uh, uh, Manny, looking at the clock and looking at oh, our glasses yeah, yeah, seems yeah. like that time. Yeah, so, yeah. glasses uh, are fogging up. Yeah. Is that why you take a break, so you can get a yeah. fresh drink? Yeah, it's, of course. You know the drill. You've heard the show. Uh, okay, we, yeah. we don't need any... any uh, <laughs> no, uh, no ADR. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the nation, no, you know no what foley. to do. I've got to pee like the Cooley Dam, so see you later. Then you're walking like a zombie. with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coleman, back with our guest, Mr. Rich Collins. Now, Rich, I know you claim to not have listened to many of these podcasts, but uh, I think you might have heard a few. And and, uh, that being the case, uh, you're probably aware that uh, we've had a variety of sponsors uh, over the course (laughs) of our show. Uh, We're currently back to our original sponsor, which is loose change. <laughs> yeah, everyone's got it. Yes, everyone has loose change. It may be in the the, the bottom of your dryer, maybe <laughs> under your couch cushion. Uh, you know, it could be in the, that pair of pants that you haven't worn in a few days. Less but, and less, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, but uh, you know, even in your bank account, it doesn't have to jingle. Okay. Uh, it's just uh, any any spare. Yes, the metaphorical loose change, any okay. spare change, I guess we could say. Because uh, uh, again, this is a listener supported operation um so we have uh that being the case we have a paypal link and a venmo link right there in the show notes and uh as well as the facebook page so you know if you're listening to this podcast and enjoying it uh you know please get some skin in the game and support the podcast so we can keep 
delivering these uh, fantastic guests like uh, Mr. Rich Collins. And, uh, you know, uh, to, 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 to that effect, we, we've uh, had a, a few supporters that have, have, have chimed in recently. In fact, one right after the uh, 200th episode. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Alec Vance, who was there that night and, uh, and supported the podcast right after that. And, and I'll catch up with a, a few. Uh, Kevin Todd uh, uh, bought us a couple of drinks and said, uh, nice. fuck, fuck you guys, have a drink on me. <laughs> so oh, we always like that. Right. And, uh, and I, I think, just ordered it, Kevin. Right, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so cheers, Kevin. And uh, also uh, Patrick Gorman and uh, Rob Meller and Joseph George are all supporters as of late. And, uh, and I want to give a shout-out to Jack Allen, who gave me a new roof on my house <laughs> and is also a, a devoted Troubled Men podcast listener and supporter. And, uh, you know, like these people, uh, you know, you, you can use the, the Venmo or PayPal link as well as we have a, a Patreon page that uh, uh, it doesn't really get you anything extra except an invitation to come have a drink with me and Manny, which people may or, or may not uh, <laughs> take us up on. And uh, I recommend and, it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it, uh, it 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 takes the guesswork out. You know that since you're <laughs> listening week in and week out, you're also supporting us week in and week out. You don't have to have to keep doing it. It's it, it happens uh, automatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and we also have the Troubled Men podcast t-shirts that you can order. Someone just recently uh, ordered another one of those. So, uh, they're they're not flying off the shelves, but it's a, <laughs> it's a steady movement. I'm any, interested. Anyhow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you can represent to all the people on your, your block that you're a Troubled Men podcast <laughs> listener. And, uh, you know, as I say, follow us on uh, social media, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and uh Subscribe wherever you're listening to podcasts. Uh, rate us, review us. You can say uh, "fuck Manny and Renee" five stars. We like that. <laughs> that's that's one of our favorite type of reviews. Uh, what else? Uh, could plug some iguanas dates. Except they're, we're, we're going out this weekend. The, we'll, we'll, the dates will be over by the time no. this podcast comes out. But uh, we will have been in Virginia. We're out, out there getting back out on the road, Rich. Nice. Uh, and I'm sure you must have some. The Imagination Movers have some dates coming up. You want to plug those? Now? Yeah. Well, we have May 28th at the Louisiana Children's Museum 20th anniversary concert here in New Orleans, Louisiana. Okay, that's going to be a big show. I uh, hope so. Uh, yeah. This this. This podcast will come out right before that. Perfect, so, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Everybody uh, look for that and go, where is it, you said? The Louisiana Children's Museum, the new campus in City Park, that big Oh, it's building. beautiful. It's a so beautiful fancy. facility, man. Really yeah, pretty. the food's really good over there, too. You know? Yeah, it's, a, know Bren it's a Brendan restaurant. It's a Brendan restaurant, <laughs> but it's it's very affordable. Nice. And the food is delicious. Perfect combination. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great. So that, that'll be a, a fun I'm day hoping so, there. yeah. Right on, right on, man. So uh, I guess that's it for the podcast housekeeping. So uh, well, maybe we should. I just read this story. Maybe we should get this guy in Texas, who was awarded five million dollars, claiming that a restaurant overserved him alcohol, <laughs> and huh. he won. Okay. Really? Yes. Now, what were won. his damages? Because you know you can sue anybody, but you have to have you have to be able to prove damages. Uh, well, he said that uh, the parking lot was not paved correctly at the restaurant. Uh-huh. Wow. So, and they overserved him alcohol. They kept giving him, giving him alcohol. Uh -huh. And when he left, he drove out of the parking lot and crashed his car. <laughs> and that was because of the parking lot? The parking lot. An uneven parking lot, he said. But before he left... He got into a fist fight <laughs> with somebody at the restaurant. 
Maybe one of the people serving him. I don't know. But uh, He was trying to get him to stop. Yeah, I guess to stop drinking heavily. But he, he blamed the restaurant. And this was somewhere in Texas. I don't know exactly where, but he won $5 million. All right. uh, some of those judges in Texas, man. Uh, <laughs> it's very suspect, man. Well, uh, with, uh, let's, uh, hopefully that will be reversed on appeal because, you know, I hate to see anybody. Well, uh, the restaurant is out of business now. They, call, they, 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 they filed for bankruptcy. Oh, so because never, of the judgment? Yeah, because oh, Jesus, of the judgment. Man. Oh, yeah, well, you know, they were a good restaurant. It was Chinese tacos. Okay. You okay. know, Chinese quesadillas. Okay. Right on. Well, man, you're you're maybe I don't know if you're joking about that or not, but are you are you hip to the the Chinese Cuban food in New York? It's uh, it was like a thing. It's like where they uh, like kind of in the the uh, around good. around Colombia. Yeah, it's like a whole mm. thing of families intermarrying over generations and and developing this cuisine. That sounds delicious. Chinese Cuban. <laughs> in Colombia? No, in New York, but near Columbia University, oh, like oh. in the in the you know the. The, no, um, I don't know. I don't uh, know. Uptown, I, way uptown. Know. All I know is Chinese food. Every time I order Chinese food, I'm eating it for days. You know, why do they have to give you so much? It's weird you would say that because we just ordered Five Happiness. Yeah. I hadn't ordered yeah. in a while. Yeah, which is a horrible place. That place. Uh, yeah, everyone I says like that. It. I like Five I Happiness. Like really? I'm, yeah. a, I'm a defender. God. I'm going to keep <laughs> yeah. defending really? it. People, but there's a lot of vitriol if you look online. Like, there's a lot know. of what? Vitriol. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. The place is uh, is, is filled with Jews on uh, Christmas Day, man. We can't get enough. I think Five Happiness is delicious. But I will say this. We ordered a couple of meals, and I finally I gave up on trying to eat all the leftovers, and I freezed two for later use. Yeah, I was like, I can't, yeah. I can't do it. It's really? too much food. No, with all those kids? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they just too many of them are out of no, town. Yeah, oh, okay, there you I, go. I just don't think it's very good. I, 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 look, you're not alone. Yeah. But Five Happiness, I love you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, you know, it's, it's not for everybody. But some, some the of hot and like sour that. soup. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I like that uh, that sauteed dried beef. With yes, the, uh, with you're the, the only peppers. person I've ever heard mention that. <laughs> the little shredded carrots on yeah, that. Yeah, thing. that's a really good. I've literally never heard anyone order that except for okay, me. Right what a on. delicious meal. Right on, Rich. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> to, well, I always just find it just greasy and too much MSG and stuff like that. Well, that, I can, that can be Chinese food in general. Well, yeah, Five Happiness. It, right. it always voted number one in the in the gambit. <laughs> Your magazine, Manny, I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to end yeah. on a positive note about Five Happiness, right. uh, <laughs> and you keep, you Manny keep. won't let it happen. dragging us down. Awful food. Man. Okay, all right. Well, okay. this city does this city ever have a Chinatown? There's no Chinatown in this city, is there? No, not as such. Yeah, we no have China. Chinese people in New Orleans, but uh, but but no yeah. no no big concentrated. Yeah, they're area. all they're all out in the east hunting dogs. I don't yeah. know about. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! That's true. Um, but uh, anyway, back to our guest, Mr. Rich Collins. Yes, thank you. Yes, Transition uh, away from that, please. He, here he is. So, well, we were talking about uh, your your long-running band, uh, the Imagination Movers, coming up on its 20th anniversary. So, you know, I was thinking today, do you have any, do you ever run into adults uh, who stop you on the street and recognize you from having watched you as, as children? Absolutely. We're starting to get a thing where a mom will come to a show with little babies, and that mom saw us when she was a baby. Yeah. That, <laughs> it's crazy. Like really? it happened that how we old played. this mom? Well, I'll tell 18, you. I, 19 I'll, here's years how old? it goes. We, were, we played at the Abita Fall Fest last September or something like that, maybe October, this last fall. And a young mom came with two little kids, and she was maybe 22 or something, and she had seen us when we played a field trip in La Rose, Louisiana in 2003. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so the next generation is here. We're hoping that it'll be, uh, you know. Those kids didn't look like you, did they? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
<laughs> no comment, Manny. <laughs> I'm a bad guest because I anytime you say something funny, I'm gonna like instinctively steer away. It doesn't mean I don't think it's no, funny. No, you're good. You're I like all it. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, all right. Manny likes you. No, you, if Manny didn't like you, you would know by now. Oh, right. oh God, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Has anyone ever walked off the show? Uh, people threatened to. Well, the, <laughs> well, the during the pandemic, I'm sure there was some sh- uh, some sh- guests who uh, went silent. I guess I don't. They they might have walked away from the mic. I don't know, but because I'm at my house, Renee. Oh, right, right, house. right, right. We were doing it, but yeah. no, like Robert Downey Jr. T- taking off the lavalier mic and leaving. No, the no. The only person that ever that ever walked off the show was uh, Dave Clements. Actually, he didn't <laughs> yeah. do it out of anger, just confusion. He thought he thought the show was over, and then he left and. Yeah. But uh, on Canal Street, going miss, uh, miss, he just <laughs> on every but, corner uh, of Canal Street. But, yeah. we, we, we had a, a couple of guests that I thought might walk, walk out, but but they didn't. In fact, and some of those are, are my favorite episodes. <laughs> oh, good, good, yeah. When it's just just close to the edge. <laughs> right, 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 right. Exactly. Um, so, but what were we talking about? You, you were, were asking about people recognize it's, it. Yeah. It's it's, uh, it's coming full circle. There's a new here. generation, absolutely. So, so, so you guys, uh, you you finished the the television show. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, so you know, er, everything runs its course. You know, everything mm-hmm. has its time. Mm-hmm. But uh, the band continued to play. In fact, mm-hmm. you guys, you know, you still had this huge worldwide audience, and uh, you guys then entered a phase where you were. Playing a lot of uh, of of U.S. military installations mm-hmm. all around the world. Yes. Now, I was I was wondering about that. So, you know, uh, have you guys ever had any any close calls out there? You know, you ever have to hit the deck or uh, oh, no. or uh, run for cover or anything? And so, you know, no, about, not, nothing so exciting. Get into the shit, some hot zones. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I mean, it's, you know, we're we're, we're anyone pl- just pull the pin? Yeah, yeah. No, and no. Just hold hold the grenade. And walk around stage. Um, <laughs> if, 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 it, if it happened, I didn't notice. I was I was too lost in my guitar solo. I guess. Oh, but okay. No, no, no. We we're like playing. Like we just did one. We just played in Hawaii and Alaska uh, in April, and um, nice. played a, played a bunch of bases. And uh, no, we're you know because obviously there's what, what I learned over the last twelve years of doing those jobs is that for better or for worse, the United States has m- military bases which are essentially just cities. Yeah. Just. Covering yeah. the globe, sure, and there and uh, and so and, and every one of those cities, there's 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 um, lots of meth, <laughs> possibly, <laughs> but there's there's uh, you know men and women in the service and all their kids, you know, yeah, and so there's it, there's like schools and there's just the whole everything. It's just like a normal town. So we go there to entertain, you know, the the families, and uh, it's actually a lot of fun. And I will tell you this: here's the thing, like you know, all the bullshit right now in the world and the the tension with the. You know, all the right-wing racist garbage that's happening in the world right now. If you go to a military base anywhere, it could be in Germany or Japan or Guam or literally any part of the, of the world, you'll see the young people, you'll, you'll see the most diverse group of people you've ever seen in your life. And all those people in the service, you'll see a lot of them married to somebody from whatever country they're in. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so you just see incredible combinations of all these beautiful couples and beautiful kids and you feel like if you just if you go out there and see this part of the world you see that the future is 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 there it's right there in front of your eyes you know okay so you're hopeful rich i'm 100 percent hopeful when you see when you see what the actual young people are 
out there doing that and you see where the world is going, it makes you feel a little more hopeful than all the bullshit you see on your stupid okay, TV well, every night. Well, that's very counter to the, uh, tr- <laughs> all the usual information that comes into the Sorry, 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 sorry. No, no, no. We like it. We like it. We're trying to... Uh, to see, to I fear the future, Rich. <laughs> I, I fear it constantly. I don't know. Like, walking out this place, uh, right. I'll, you know, I'm going to just run to my car. <laughs> well, look, I, I, I'm there with leave you. Leave the equipment here behind. Yeah, again. <laughs> it'll be in my hands, yes, yeah. yes, to uh, to pick up or leave behind. No, I, and I, I've got a lot of that in me. I understand. I, yeah. I hear you. Yeah, you know? no, 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 no. Uh, I've, I've been on alert for the no, last... No, but it's funny how you think, uh, uh, you, like you said, you know, you, you got these uh, white American boys uh, in Guam and Thailand and wherever the hell they are. And they're meeting girls from that native land. But it's really black, brown, and, and white, them. young they're American those girls, and they're marrying <laughs> those girls, and they're knocking up those girls, and they're making beautiful kids. So that that is true, but I'm going to modify it slightly to say it's not. It's black, brown, and white American yeah. women and men. Yeah, it's, a lot of the times the family it'll be the, the the woman is the one in the service, and they're and they're meeting and marrying just whoever from around the world. It's right. interesting. It's not. It's it's an interesting thing to witness. But do you think in some of these? countries like these parents of these kids are like saying yeah, yeah go to America get the dream yeah all that kind oh, of like stuff. To, yeah, just, yeah, yeah. It could I be. can't afford it I can't afford this kid it could be, you could know? be. I can't. if you want to think about the Sad, cynical, dark side of my nice anecdote, Manny. <laughs> you see, see what he does. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Manny. <laughs> no, you're oh, a no. good guy. Yeah, you're no, no, we, we like yeah. it. We like it. So let me ask you something about yes. the movers. You, yes. you did a show mm-hmm. on Disney, mm-hmm. uh, and you know Disney is notoriously known for being cheap and yep. all that kind of stuff. Because I, wor- I'm from Holly, I'm from LA, worked yeah, in Hollywood, right. worked in the studios, and I knew guys who worked for Disney, guys and girls, notoriously cheap. And I don't want to talk about that really because you know, we all know that, and I'm sure right. you have stories, and you don't need to go on that because right. you, you're under contract, and you know they might uh, you know take away your pass to Disney World. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that already happened. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, you have to act now. You're an actor. Yeah, you're not yeah. just a musician yeah. anymore. You know, playing uh, birthday parties or gigs. Yeah. And, you know where there's tons of four or five, eight, nine. You know, right. Now you have to act. So how does how do you feel about that? I love that part. You liked it? No. Yeah, I had a fantasy that I was gonna like then move on from movers and become like the a porno star. No. <laughs> that or just play like the dad, like in a yeah, in a yeah, like just like you know like roles that would be ties, suitable. Yeah. Exactly, something that would work for a middle aged guy or whatever. Uh-huh. You never got any bites for that. I'm no, I didn't. I failed. Agent, yeah. Well, not uh, yet. It's not uh, yet. It's not no. too late. Oh, okay. But I, 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 what I'd hope I was gonna do, I hoped I was gonna get more like. Um, because like I wrote a piece of music, uh, or co-wrote a piece of music, or helped create a piece of music that became like a, a, a theme for that entire channel, right? Uh-huh. It was you, you know, it got paid a decent fee, and it was uh-huh. used for a couple of years, and and I thought, wow, this is that's that's a great thing to do, and I want to do more of that, you know. And, but I, you know, I wasn't able to. Uh, uh, you know, it didn't d- happen. Yeah, just because you have one awesome hit yeah. doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be able to like parlay it. So, but, uh, any, yeah. any other guys? Because I, I, I don't. Remember, I think I asked the same question to our former Kyle. Who, yeah, yeah uh, and he said acting was a little weird for him. If I remember, correctly. oh, I loved it. I thought it was so much fun. You, I, I loved yeah, it. So you, you got your lines, you hit your mark. <laughs> yeah, you know, in fact, I think stuff. even to uh, the way the way the show worked, like one of our guys, Scott, is like super, super. Um, like Jim Carrey asked, just a big physical 
very funny, larger than life performer. Okay. Dave and um, uh, Smitty are both very like they're 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 just nat- naturally funny people. I'm a funny person, but in a different way. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of became the straight man on the show. That was kind of how it was written. Uh-huh. I was like the dad or whatever, okay. the foil for all the the goofy behavior. Right. Um. But you know, so when I look back, which is very infrequently, I, I don't really watch any of that stuff because I I'll criticize every single thing I did <laughs> and all that. But um. But I, if anything, I noticed I was almost like a little too like uh, like acting. You know what I mean? Instead right. of just being goofy, I was like really so like in the role. Yeah, <laughs> you're forcing it a little bit, maybe. Well, no, or, like I, I was almost going too natural. Too natural. I needed okay. to be more like nutty. Okay. I mean, well, I, I, because I, the other guys had the had the jokes, and you 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 you're the straight. Man, yeah, right? I mean, and I enjoyed that part, but like I like I think about like I was like really trying to like be that guy. <laughs> we, we had a fun guest actor. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time was Die Hard, and um, Reginald Vell Johnson, who was the the policeman in Die Hard. You know, yeah, the, sure, the, the guy, guy who talks I, to Bruce Willis the whole time. The whole time, yeah. He's he did a he was a guest actor on our show for one episode. He just re- did one day. Uh, and he played a, a cafe owner that was moving on, and the way it was written, I was like his number one, like customer, fa- yeah, customer and fan. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, we spent the whole day like hugging. Is <laughs> one of these scenes where I'm like <laughs> saying goodbye, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, but it was kind of a dramatic scene, you know. And uh, but just being able to do like actual acting with some pathos right. was was fun for me. I loved it. I would do it again. We want to do like a like an HBO style uh, dark version. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like Barry or something like that? Yeah, maybe no murder, <laughs> but like, you know. Oh, you murder the alphabet, maybe. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Barry with less murder, right. Okay. <laughs> we right. did. We had a whole premise section. I can't say it, but it was like a... Yeah, don't give it away. Here. Can't give it away, but yeah. like, uh, you know, like the, the kids band on, on the skids and then sure, everyone has yeah. to get back together, you yeah, know. Yeah, no, I could see that. I, that, that I, I could see that really working, actually. <laughs> that sounds hilarious. So we, we, we <laughs> have... itself kind of... Uh, yeah, yeah, we, well, we've lived it. Nice, nice. Well, you know, I want to touch on 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 one of your bandmates, uh, uh, Smitty, <laughs> and and I'm not sure how how aware you are of this, but you know, we had this uh, Hurricane Ida that that came through. Sure. Uh, I mean, you're aware of that uh, six months ago or so. Uh, at the beginning of that, uh, right as that was landing, uh, a friend of mine's house caught fire. And the house, he was out of town. He had evacuated. His neighbor is there calling the fire department. Uh, the house is burning down with all of his, it's uh, like the entire attic is engulfed in flames. Uh, his house is full of guitars. He's, uh, the neighbor is talking to my friend on the phone saying, well, the fire department's on their way here. You know, is there anything you want me to get out? Yeah, get my guitar out. So... The fire department shows up. Smitty is in charge <laughs> of. He's he's a he's a EMS. He's a fireman. He's yeah. a, he's, he's a he's captain in the captain New Orleans yeah. fire department. He shows up. The neighbor says, "Can we get the guitar?" He goes, uh, "Okay, I'll go in with you to get the guitar." They go in. There's like ten guitars. It, Smitty says, "Well, what about all these other guitars?" He goes, "Well, I guess he'd like us to get those." Yeah. Smitty organizes <laughs> all the firemen awesome. on the scene to. To, to uh, courier all these guitars out of the house. They saved all my friend's equipment. That's an awesome story. Man, that's... But did they save the house? No, well, I mean, the house was, you know, they, they put the fire out and the house is being rebuilt, but the, the guitars would have been ruined. So had, instead of a bucket brigade, uh, it was a guitar friend, brigade. He had another problem, but Katrina, didn't it catch on fire during Katrina? Yeah, who was who, who it? 
Uh, well, I don't well, want to mention any names, yeah. but uh, you know, no, I can't remember it. Uh, fire during uh, Katrina, but uh, uh, but but uh, yes, uh, Smitty, uh, an actual real life hero. He is a real life hero, yeah. yeah and uh, I mean, he's yeah, he's been in a lot of uh, sticky situations, and there's a great picture of him in his at the top of a like on there was a fire at Tulane near Carrollton about six seven years ago. You know, they raised those extension ladders up to six stories in the air, and there's a shot of him in the smoke up there, you know, directing, uh, directing traffic. It's, he's, it's pretty cool what he does. Yeah, man. Yeah. And it's, and it's also, what, what, a, what a dichotomy, right? Because he'll, like, we'll, we'll meet at the airport to go out for our show for the weekend, and he'll tell some horrible story for what he would, you know, because they do all these, they're first responders. Right. So not just fires, they get called out right. for gunshots and overdoses, and so like. And that's every night in this town. Correct. Yeah, and yeah, so he'll yeah. be like, oh, by the way, you know. Smitty's probably got Narcan on the on the on the <laughs> the movers tours, you know. Not that he's needed it yet, but uh, you know. Some of the people we worked with over the years may have needed it, but okay, there you go. You can't, <laughs> can't, can't ever be too safe. Rock and roll, you know. Right, right, right. <laughs> well, you know, uh, when I invited you to 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 come on the podcast here. Uh, uh, you know, he never thought you would accept. I wasn't sure that you would accept. <laughs> right, that's exactly right. And so, so, but, but you did right away. And I'm thinking, well, is this? Think, we think you're better than is, us. Is this, I should have resisted. Is this kind of? Uh, is this Rich's uh, uh, Miley Cyrus moment where he's he's uh, <laughs> he's going to get edgy here uh, oh, uh, right, to right. to uh, you know really stake his claim as, mm. as a as a, an adult artist with a, his third record coming out? So, right. are, are you about to take your top off, Rich? Yeah, absolutely. I, okay. I mean, uh, yeah. Here we go. I t- I'm taking it off right now. There you okay. go. So you're working at Disney, you're recording shows and all that. So you're living in Orlando? Is that what you No, doing? we so the the great thing about what we did was we were able to bring film production to oh, New Orleans. Oh. We did it all out at Elmwood. Oh, at and Elmwood. that was right after Katrina. So I mean we it was it ended up being I think I think they spent forty five million dollars over three years on just on all the production. Wow. And that was work for a crew of like a hundred and something people. Oh good, yeah. A lot of our friends from that like that life, all all the um you know, the the, the, the grips, the electrics, the the yeah. hair and makeup, that whole crew when we see them, which is pretty frequently, everyone talks about that being their favorite show because of the fact that it was reasonable hours in an air-conditioned environment. <laughs> it was steady work for like months and months and months, you know? Right. Uh, and versus like walking around and in a great The stages are pretty good. They're pretty good stages. I mean, it I wasn't purpose-built. It wasn't a sound stage by design, but it works yeah, fine. Yeah, they're good. They're works good fine. Stages. I mean, second-line stages, our friend Trey Oh, Brown, yeah, well, second-line, that's, that's better. They're getting, bigger, they're getting bigger and better right They're expanding, now. yeah. Yeah, they're getting huge. But no, it, it, NIM Center works great. But no, no, you said, am I getting edgy? It's funny because... I mean, I no. That, so the truth is, as you know, and you've helped me make a lot of good music. I make a lot of music, and uh, I've spent a lot of my time and energy making music over the last decade. That's that's that that's not at all related to the Disney project. But I, I do feel like one thing about me as a as a person and as a creator and as, as a musician and a songwriter is that I I don't really do um, edgy like uh, stuff, right? Like I, I, I'm a I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm just like I'm like a pretty regular person, and so I think a lot of my inspiration comes out of just that day to day life, you know. Mm-hmm. So some of the songs, like I just played at Jazz Fest last week, and it was very, very satisfying for me. Very happy with the show. I thought it went great. Um, <clears throat> but a lot of the songs, you know, like <clears throat> one of the songs is called "House All Day," and it's just literally about. Uh, you know the joys of being in your house, in your kitchen, drinking some cheap wine, dancing to the you know to the radio, and that's that's kind of where my my head is at. Versus you know, you know like anything that would be like 
like when you're younger and you're trying to be like a rock star life and you know all so that you're very angst. positive you're very I, positive I, I mean I, you know there's, there's some there's some complaint rock in there right I, I, I write okay. some complainy things uh-huh. you know like what well you know what you know what drives me crazy right now is phones and bubbles and people from all persuasions allowing their phone to to to, to push every button to manipulate you so that you pay more attention to your phone and you click whatever this next tweet is and oh, what did this outrageous person say now? What should I be mad about today? I feel like we're letting ourselves be pulled apart, right? And yeah. so, and I don't think we should be pulling ourselves any further apart. And so, I, that, that is a theme that does pop up a lot right now is uh, for me is like, um, for God's sakes, have the common sense to to think about whatever this message you're getting is. Put the phone away, put people. The, put the phone away. Talk to your neighbor. Yes. Yes, meet your neighbor. Right. Say hello. And yes. just because that person's like eye. a red state, you know, fascist, remember that there actually might be something, uh, there's yeah. some There's some good people <laughs> too, right? You got to drag them back, drag them back. We, can, we can all find, you know, you finding go. common ground and remembering our, our, our common humanity is a, is a big theme for me. There anyway, you go. It's not rich, so I'm going to give you a word of advice. Yes. People are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> They're the worst. They're the worst. Okay. Well, you better, you're better I don't, off just staying away from people. just giving up. All right. Well, yeah, s- somewhere yeah. in between here, I think is a good uh, a, a, a good way forward. Uh, <laughs> even, even even Manny and Rich, I think, are, can can uh, have a meeting of the minds here. I'm not saying I'm not. I mean, I, I I've seen a lot of what you do when you're on the campaign trail, and uh, I'm not saying I wouldn't necessarily vote for you next time. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. Well, uh, Rich is hedging okay. his bets well, a little well, here. Well, right on. Wouldn't you like nine day weekends? Absolutely. Well, okay. that's what I'm promising this mayor. Nine day weekends. <laughs> all uh, all weekend, all the time. A nine day week. But how many days of work in between? None? Five, and then you get nine days. Okay, off. all right. Then you work. Five that math adds days. up for me. Okay, sure. Nine days off. Why that's, not? That's very your. European. Why not? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, Manny, that's uh, kind of uh, coming to the end of the podcast here. Is it really? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, <laughs> well, I have yeah, so yeah. much more to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Extended cut. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, uh, no, no, no. You're a good guy. Uh, I, I don't. I'll probably never see you again. No, uh, but you seem all right. You know, well, you're, well, you're, uh, you're, uh, your name is Rich, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> Rich Collins. Thank yes. you for being on the show. Uh, thank you. And uh, and so so Rich, we have the the twentieth uh, anniversary mover show mm-hmm. uh, coming up, and then you guys are hitting the road again. You'll be uh, uh, we sh- somewhere all around the globe. Y- yeah. I, if I was a better publicist, I would have those. Dates. We're going That's up okay, to the northeast. But you have the uh, movers.com or something. Have yeah, imaginationmovers.com. And, I, and can I plug? I want to plug. I, I need to learn to do this. Uh, just please follow Rich Collins on Spotify. Oh, okay. Please follow okay. Rich Collins on Spotify because um, I'm realizing people pay attention to those numbers and they judge you by that. And so I need to make those numbers See, go higher. Think about people, they judge. Yeah, yeah, we're going <laughs> to judge you by something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. just look okay. me up, please. Okay. Now all Spotify, right. that's a porno link, uh, thing. Yeah, Spotify. absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what Spotify. I don't know much about this internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Manny's off the phone. You say yeah. you've, you've already reached Manny. He's, what? He's, he's oh, really? Not, I'm preaching he's, to he's the not choir. in his phone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Good. I, I it's good. I actually don't even know where my phone is right now. That's fantastic. To be honest, we all need to get off our phones. Get off your phone, people, and get. Uh, on the horn, yeah. As they uh, say, but, uh, just just use it to listen to podcasts. Like oh, the, that's right. The Trouble Men podcast and the Biz Talks podcast. Yeah, Biz Talks, absolutely. With uh, Rich Collins. 
And, uh, well, Manny, thanks again. Uh, I think we're going to be able to hold on to this episode. And, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> as always in the Trouble Men podcast, we like to say trouble never ends. But, Rich, the struggle continues. Nice. Good night. Good night. We can go